Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. And I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. A little different uh, recording schedule this week. With the holidays coming up, we have decided to record this Monday evening instead of Tuesday. So, Banker Tank been moved to the Thursday show. Yep. Well, Friday morning show. So, you won't hear the Banker Tank review because the games are not complete yet. Monday night is still happening. So, just heads up, if you're looking for your Banker Tank uh, review this week, it's going to be on a Friday morning show. We're going to do the entire Banker Tank review and preview on that show. Right. So... Just have uh, one addendum to the playoff. Again, we're still working on that process. Um, it is the holiday season, so you just got to give us a little extra time. Uh, but we are making one addendum. You, ne- I think it's fair for the people that are actually pl- uh, getting involved in the banker tank for them to be the ones eligible to win the grand prize. Yes. Of joining an episode. Uh, so you have technically one week left. Um, going through the history, I know uh, we have uh, Josh W. Uh, John C., obviously, because John C., is, I would say, is at the forefront of uh, this engagement. I think he's at this point better than we are. Yeah, he might be. Yeah. That's a, I mean, we should. he should really just do this and we right. can just... <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, we have uh, Tim P., um, Mike T., uh, Joyce S and uh, Liz, uh, yes, Liz R from our league, who have all participated. So at this current moment, all those people, I mean, anyone can play in the playoffs, but those people are eligible to win the ultimate grand prize. Um, but you have a week, uh, so when we do our banker tank on the next episode, after that, you'll have until Sunday morning. Because this week there's no Saturday games. So Sunday morning to get your picks in. I'll send reminders and all that. Um, but I encourage you to play. Like Ben said, even if you haven't played, you are still you can still play in the playoff version. But right. you're only eligible if you have played during the regular season. Yep. So, well, speaking of playoffs, I think it's a team that's pretty clearly does not belong there. I mean... It, After this past weekend especially. I we, We've been... Well, we've been beating up both of these teams, but we're gonna we're gonna harp on one team specifically, the Cowboys. Yeah, because the other team did what they had to do, so yes. we can't we can't knock them for that. No, and and as we we've stated, everyone's got injuries. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries. The Cowboys haven't been dealing with injuries. No, at, at least as far as we know, they're not putting it on the table. The only, the, thing, Cow- the only thing injured is the Cowboys' ego. That's it. Yes, and the Cowboys didn't show up. No, they put up nine points. No touchdowns. This this record, this this offensive juggernaut put up zero touchdowns. The number one. How many how many weeks in a row can they be mediocre before their average drops low enough they're no longer the number one scoring offense in the National I, Football I don't League? Know. According to the game, you know, there's four different teams that are the number one scoring offense every week somehow. Like, they say the same thing about the Saints and then the Ravens yep. and then the Cowboys. It's They can't all be number one. No, they can't. Zeke, there were a couple plays near the end of the game where he did the old helmet tap. Uh, I need to come out. It was a clutch fourth, a third and fourth down that Tony Pollard was in. And, in fact, on 
the uh, the play we discussed. He can't. Uh, he was on third down, didn't make um, didn't make the yardage he needed, and then on fourth down, I just remembered this. Not only did he make, did he get stuffed, he fumbled. Oh, that's nice. And guess who recovered? The Eagles. So oh, he was just trying to save the punter the trouble. Oh of yeah, having, yeah, yeah. I mean, shouldn't be a team player for once. And 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 he did the same thing on the um, a couple times in the um, last drive of the game where he tapped out. Like I think it was just once for one one or two plays. Uh, and then that brings up my other point: the other gentleman who wants who wants to get paid, Amari Cooper. He was a no show for most of the game, and especially the last drive. Amari's been a no show for the better part of this half of the season. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the. The third and fourth down, where they needed someone to step up, he wasn't there. No. Nope. Third down, I think um, Dak threw a ball, a bad ball to Blake Jarwin, I believe it was. And then fourth down, he throws a jump ball to Michael Gallup, who almost made the play. No Cooper. No Cooper. No Cooper. Sitting on the sideline. Perfectly content sitting on the sideline. Hoping to be counting his money somewhere else. And the Eagles tried. To give that game to the Cowboys, and they failed. Well, neither one, neither one of those teams seemed to want to win a division. We've been talking about that for about a month and a half now. Right. No one wanted to take control of it. One team would flop, the other team would flop. One team would do okay and win, the other team would do okay and win. Neither team seemed to want to be the NFC East champions. Oh, wait. I have a question for you. The, the Eagles clinched, right? No, sadly. So you're telling me that there's a, there is an opportunity... For them, for the Eagles to give up this division again? Yes. Oh, my God. The Eagles lose and the Cowboys win. The Cowboys win the division based on tiebreakers. So. Somehow, unbelievably, after all this. Okay. So, so Philly's going to the Giants, okay? And the game they should win. And the Washington Redskins are going to Dallas. Without their starting quarterback. Without their starting the Case Keenum is starting next week. Yeah. I mean, what? And unfortunately for the Philadelphia Eagles, Daniel Jones is healthy enough to play. So now you have Daniel Jones healthy. And Saquon looks like Saquon and Saquon again. is turning into yeah. – he had a month, career high 190 yeah, that, yards running. That's two in a row. Right. So the kid looks like he whatever cobwebs he had to shake loose after the injury, he's done just that. Oh, yeah. So what a game that should have been a – should be a gimme for the Eagles – not so much. I don't know. And unfortunately, I don't want to say the the Eagles are going to definitely win. I don't want to say the Cowboys are definitely going to win because I don't really care about this division because they are just both don't want to be in the playoffs, apparently. I'm going to say I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be the division winners. Honestly, if, if what we saw last weekend in the last month or so is any indication, I think it's very possible. I don't think the uh, Redskins are going to have any much of a chance to win. Although, you never know. Dallas could completely leg an, leg an egg and flop 100%. I can completely see a world where that happens. And Eagles didn't look great, obviously, against the Cowboys. Oh, no, they didn't. No. But, I mean, the Giants are... Not a great team as well. I mean, don't. I mean, they they had a good offensive game last week. I wouldn't let that fool you. Daniel Jones is still going to go through some growing pains. Saquon might not be 
100% back, although he does look like he's oh, he looks he looks m- looks awesome again. But yeah, I have to say if if you told me I had to make a decision, make a guess, make a call on it, I would I too would say I think Dallas is going to be your division winner. Yeah. I think a healthy Daniel Jones and a Saquon clicking on all cylinders is very dangerous to an Eagles team that has to win. Oh yeah. I I I it's 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 Case Keenum against Dallas's defense, which I would I would bet against Case Keenum. And Philadelphia going to the Giants. I mean, which Philadelphia Eagles team are we going to get? Yeah, which which Cowboys team are we going to get? Which Eagles team are we going to get? Which NFC East cluster, you know what, are we going to get? And, and we'll get into this next episode about the injuries that are, I'm not joking, are piling up in the NFC uh, contenders. Uh, it's going to start. It's really going to matter. About some of these it's really going to start affecting matchups. some teams, yeah. Um, I, but I just don't think either one of these teams is going to make a ripple in the playoffs unless there are more seismic injuries that happen this weekend for some reason. Because there are some top-tier teams that are still playing for seeding. I think the the one, in, the one two, and three seed are still up in the air on who's going to get it. Not to mention... A couple of division games. We got Sunday Night Football, uh, Seattle and San Francisco. That division's still up in the air. Sad as it is, that division's still up. And the offensive powerhouse Seahawks from earlier in the year appear to be a thing of the past. I mean, I, I don't. Russell Wilson doesn't look at like the same guy. He looked like the first half, three quarters of the season. Yeah. The running game is in shambles. I mean, they are just. There, it's a mash unit, and the receivers. I mean, DK Metcalf. Somebody DK, tell him he's not in college anymore. Right, like he has to play more than thirteen games. Patrick Peterson locked him down this past. Tyler, year. nothing. Tyler Lockett, who I have touted from the rooftops for a long time as a great receiver, and I still believe he is, but he's disappeared. I don't know if these are game plan issues or if these guys aren't running the right routes. But, I mean, the Seahawks team that looked like it could not be stopped earlier in the season is very beatable right now. Yeah. And you have a 49ers team that's got some injuries on the defense, but offensively they can still get it done. Well, Arizona just beat them. And Arizona had to resort to their backup quarterback, Brent Lundley, because Kyler went down in the game. Yeah. And they might have, they might have to go with Brent Lundley in Week 17, but – you didn't take the opportunity to beat. You had an opportunity right there, Seattle, and you didn't. And we're going to get, again, we'll get into all those injuries next episode. Um, I want to encompass the playoff in, playoffs in this episode. And I, I think we, 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 we have to entertain ourselves with this next um, setup. I just want to say something real quick about uh, Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. What they've shown me this year. Not a great team. They get a couple of decent free agents and they draft real well. They could be a competitive team in that division next year. I agree. There's one concern I have, and I was watching uh, the Arizona, a lot of the Arizona, especially the highlights with Kenyon Drake. There's one concern that Arizona is going to have. Kenyon Drake's got a little, a little TV, uh, touchdown dance where he opens up a safe, pulls out a bunch of money, and does the Johnny Manziel. 
you're going to pay he's going to expect a bunch of money for what six seven games or they just keep that Edmonds kid right who tore it up before he had an injury right. and see what they still have in David Johnson unless they decide to move on from him right that's the only one thing because Kenyon Drake's been looking like he fits in this offense like it, it's like a match made in heaven Kenyon Drake don't mistake yourself you've had like five or six games in Arizona maybe you want to back off and just try to make it so I just said I'm just saying it's a little it's a one little sliver of concern but I agree that team I don't think Cliff Kingsbury has installed everything he wants in that team and that defense gets a little bit more who knows what happens yeah don't get me wrong I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl next year but I think it'll be a competitive team I mean they already show they have a lot of heart and and they've given some very good teams a run for their money and beaten some very good teams so we'll see let's see on to some not so great teams i I got i i gotta get into this because it's entertaining to me we're gonna run down the number six seed in the afc it's interesting i think it's interesting i don't know how you feel About what? About this? What the the the? Explain uh, to our listeners. They're not here. They don't uh, see our the, sheets. I mean, how do you feel about the six seed and how it's could potentially play out? Oh, it's a mess. Is it? Is it? It's a mess. All right. So we'll go with the simplest one first. Okay. I right. the Titans. They win. They're in. Is that clean enough for you? you let's hope it's that. Okay. Because otherwise, <laughs> get your pen and paper out. It gets a little it's, messy. It's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, Steelers still have a chance. Well, if they win, they're in, right? Uh, no. No, not that either. No, they need okay. help. Okay. Well, we know, we know that much. Uh, they need a Tennessee loss and, a surprisingly, a Colts win huh. to create a tie between three teams so that they can get the tiebreaker over the Titans. Because if it's just if the Titans and the Steelers have the same record, Titans win. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and... To reinforce this, they actually could use a Raiders loss so it doesn't go into deep depth tiebreaker. Now, I love, let's these, get to the I love, these, I love these code names for different levels of tiebreakers. Let's, let's get into the Raiders. The Raiders need a win in Denver. Mind you, the Steelers are facing at Baltimore. Baltimore's already stated they're uh, sitting Lamar. So that looks yeah, like. Yeah, you win. think? Yeah. Uh, so the Raiders need to win. The Raiders need to win in Denver. They need a Tennessee loss. They need a Pittsburgh loss. They need a Colts win to create a four-way tie. And so now uh, the next tiebreaker is conference, which they all, surprisingly, they'll all have the same conference record. Six and six. (laughs) Four teams will have the same conference record. What are the odds there? Now the Colts are eliminated because of um, head-to-heads. Okay. So they're gone. Uh, Titans are eliminated because a uh, common opponent, um, the Colts, pretty much. Uh, Raiders and Steelers beat them. Colts are the Titans, 0-2. Oh so, they're gone. Now, normally you go with um, common opponents, a uh, minimum of four between the two teams. But they don't have four common opponents. So now you got to go to strength of victory. Right now, the Raiders have them on strength of victory, uh, 329 to 313. If they win, 
they're still not guaranteed to get strength of victory. They need one of these four teams to win. New England, Detroit, LA Chargers, or Chicago Bears. Just one team to win to safely secure a strength of victory tiebreaker over the Steelers. And that's, of course, only matters if the Titans lose. Correct. Titans win, none of this matters. <laughs> Every, everything after I said if the Titans win doesn't matter if the Titans win. Right. So. So, <laughs> I haven't actually checked the times on, on, on the games this weekend. But it would be, wouldn't it be great if all those things play out and it comes down to, like, the Titans and and, and, and the uh, Houston Texans, like, the last minute of the game on the field goal. You have, like, three or four different fan bases just sitting there going, oh, my God, it all depends on this one field goal. Um, well, Tennessee and Houston, 425. Okay, when's Oakland? Oakland is playing 425. Ah, okay. So, unfortunately, they'll be playing early, yeah. uh, playing late in the day. <sighs> Um, I thought that'd be a great scenario. Like Oakland wins and all those other things happen besides the Tennessee game, and then it comes down to Tennessee and Houston down to the wire. Actually, Pittsburgh plays at four twenty-five too. Oh, so no, and, and and none the, of that will happen. And the yeah. Colts are playing. All four teams play at four twenty-five. Everyone playing four twenty-five this week. Everyone's playing at four twenty-five, man. I mean, it's it's poetic justice to be honest. The two and the two other other two teams, uh, Dallas and Philly, their games four twenty-five. Let's just say this. Some stuff can happen in the 1 o'clock games to suss out some seeding and such. Yeah. The 425 games and the Sunday Night Football game will be appointment watching. I'll just say that. I don't care what these teams' records are. There's a lot on the line in this in the 425 games. I think the NFL got lucky that a lot of this stuff kind of dropped at 425. Um, yeah, these aren't these aren't games they can flex in and out. These are just what they are. No, I, th- I think they're pretty much yeah, they're pretty much what they are. Um, maybe the the Sunday Night Football game was the one that they possibly could have flexed, but no, they're pretty much set where they're at um, for Week 17. It's only certain weeks that they can uh, they can uh, flex out. But yeah, it it lines up pretty good for 425 um, for some interesting games. Um, it'll come down to the wire. I have to say, uh, I, I always love this time of year when it, this team wins that team because there's so much on the line. Even games that you wouldn't think matter can matter because of a touchdown that changed the game during week two can cause strength of schedule or strength of victory and scoring. And all of a sudden, a week 16 matchup between two teams that wouldn't, or 17 matchup, excuse me, that you would have never thought mattered, matters all of a sudden. I mean, and. It- I'm actually, I've said before, I'm going to the Patriots game on Sunday, the Patriots-Dolphins game. Watch my boys try to lock up the two seed. As much as I'm looking forward to that, there is a part of me that wishes I could just sit down and watch all the games on Sunday because I won't be able to see the 4 o'clock game until I get back to the hotel. Yeah. But I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm going. I wouldn't change it, but like it's going to be entertaining during those, you know. Get to your hotel quickly. Get what you need because this... These these afternoon games, that's what you're going to want to watch. It is like who would have thought the Chicago Bears could affect the Raiders making the playoffs this year? <laughs> because they could. Like uh, if, if everything works out, somewhere Khalil Mack smiling. I, I, I isn't that like that's poetic irony right there. It's just 
Khalil Mack could affect the Raiders, positively or negatively. Now, maybe it doesn't work out that way, but right. it's fun to think of it that way. Um, who do you think? I know I put a lot on the table. Who do you think is going to get the sixth seed? Is Derrick Henry? If Derrick Henry is projected to play, yeah, and he does play, I think I think Tennessee takes it. So Houston, they're facing Houston yes. in Houston. Yep, Houston does has a path, a simple path. I'll say a simple path where they win, Kansas City loses, they flip flop and they get the two seed or th- three seed. I'm sorry. So that they they still have something to play for, right? But I agree with you. I don't think they care that much about one. I I know it can matter. It can be the difference between a home game and if by some odd, you know, if the Patriots were to clinch the number two seed and Baltimore and New England were to somehow get knocked out, then whoever's a three seed would all of a sudden be the top seed and would host the AFC championship game. I know that matters, but at the same point, if you're already in, why risk it? I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying don't play him, don't bet him. I'm just saying if you go down 10, 14 points, take the shot out, take DeAndre out. There's no there's no need to have him in there. Carlos Hyde needs to come out. Carlos Hyde, all your big players, offensively and defensively, want to come out, play for the next weekend. Don't be stupid. Don't be too damn proud. Right. And don't risk. Your team is already as good as they can be. Very inconsistent. Don't take a big piece out of your equation because you have to try to win a game that really doesn't matter to your team. If they lose, they're not out of the playoffs. Right. They're in already. They're, they're in. They have they, – they've – They can't at, clinch the two seed. At minimum, they've clinched the four seed. Right. So you really want to risk franchise players right. to keep Tennessee out over flip-flopping one seed, you, you can't get a bye. And and I, I get you want to face the lesser seed, and you'd rather face either Pittsburgh or Oakland because they couldn't face Tennessee because they'd have to beat them, and Tennessee would probably be out of, most likely. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think you could beat Buffalo? I would say, yeah, you should be able to beat Buffalo in at home in Houston. Laramie Tunsil left, left last game. He left it during the game, so you might want to sit him because you kind of need him. And they're talking about J.J. Watt back for the playoffs. You don't want him coming back week 17. You oh, God, want him no. Back no way. No way. For the playoffs if he's eligible. But I don't see why he wouldn't be. Well, he's eligible, but I don't know. If they still don't know if he's Oh, ready. healthy enough to play. Oh, ready. yeah, okay. That's what you're saying. They held that spot for him for a reason. Right. I think, te- I think Tennessee will – We'll pull off the victory. Um, there's just too much for for this. Not too much for the Steelers. The Raiders. There's way, way, way too much that has to work out in there. And honestly, they needed four things to happen this past weekend. Guess what? Four for four. All four things happened. Um, the Steelers. They're reeling, man. And uh, Devlin Hodges didn't look too good. Got pulled. Mason Mason left the game, and he ain't playing. They already said Hodges is in. And even though they're facing Baltimore, I don't have faith in Hodges. So 
And the Raiders are the Raiders. They're just there's too much for the Raiders to work out, and the Colts are too inconsistent. And that stuns me that the they need the Colts to win, to create that tiebreaker between multiple teams. You're just asking too much. Yeah, and if you're not going to have Josh Jacobs playing for the Raiders too, I mean that hurts a lot too. Oh yeah, they're, they're, if you have Jacobs, they're leaning towards, and they're they're um, their kid Mullen, the corner, he left with a yeah some sort of neck, and it was bad because he got he got stabilized and carted off. That's so he's good. one of their better corners as a rookie. You're not going to have him. No, I, it, it'll be interesting. I think we'll. I think we both lean towards Tennessee on that one. I think so. I just think I think Oakland's too banged up. All right. Um, and the Steelers just have no offensive consistency. Yeah, they're. they're I think they're. They. They. That. The pumpkin has turned in in Pittsburgh. You had a good season. Build on that. Build towards next year. Maybe you get Big Ben back and can have a more promising season. All right. Well, I. There is one thing that's, if there's, I mean, there was a couple things that stuck in my crawl over the weekend. I think this is the one that that kind of stuck stuck on the most. Freddie Kitchens. No, no. Um. Um. Wait, same, wait. same field. Same field. Um. Odell Beckham. No, same field though. Carson Wentz. No, the same. They played this. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I know. I, know, I, was trying, I was trying to give the audience some entertainment value, uh, not just go from thing to thing. It's called the segue. I, I destroyed it. I apologize. Yeah, that's all right. I'll work on it next time, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Bad job. Bad job. Anyways, Robot Ben. <laughs> read, the- <laughs> read the line, Robot Ben. Yes, master. I will read it. <laughs> okay. um, I have. I, I got to take issue because we went down this road with um, Drew Brees, right? Yes. Yeah, we went down this road – with Drew Brees and them leaving him in too long. Yep, just to get the record that didn't matter. Right. And so not, not, the t- not, not the touchdown record, by the way. The the um, completion percentage record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super. Good job. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson. Um, the Baltimore I, Ravens franchise. Franchise, yes. Now, we're not going to debate how long he's going to last. No, that's for another day. And we've been down this road. We know he's the MVP. I concede to that. You you knew you knew that way before. Yeah, I called I did. that way earlier. Yeah, and I conceded that like a month, month and a half ago. You have passed the two minute warning. You're up thirty to fifteen, I believe it was. Yeah, two You're two in the red zone. Two scores. You're in the red zone. You do a design run to get a first down with Lamar Jackson. After. Your star running back is already left with injury. Yes. Early in the game, uh, Ingram goes out with a some sort of calf injury. Two play two one, two, three plays later, Lamar is seen limping, flexing his ankle, you know, kind of shaking it a little bit. And then a play or two later, Mark Andrews is hopping hobbling off the field. Man. All in the it's third, a rough stretch. Like all in the end of the third quarter. So you definitely want to keep uh, Lamar safe and just probably bench him considering he has the game well in hand. But in, no. Instead, we want to just say, ah, let's do a design run to seal the game. That's already sealed. I don't know what you're doing. We, everyone everyone knows. If, you're a fo- if you watch football, everyone knows. Every time he runs the ball, him, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, even when Patrick Mahomes runs, or any quarterback trying to get an extra uh, run for an extra few yards, it takes 
one hit. Mm-hmm. If you can reduce those numbers of hits your quarterback takes, you do. Why are you running under two minutes left in the game up two scores with your star quarterback that matters the most to your team? One innocent, seemingly innocent little hit on the sidelines launching entire Patriots dynasty. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and one Patriots don't win all these Super Bowls with Drew Bledsoe at the helm. I'm sorry. And I'm not even I'm not even saying it could be a, a hit from a defender. We've seen players get rolled up on. Take Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, yeah. His dislocated his knee was not a defender. Nope. Offensive lineman rolled up on his ankle. So you're trying to minimize the amount of hits this gentleman's trying to take. Because he is he is the offense. He is the team. This guy could propel your organization to a stretch run. I don't say he's going to rival the Patriots because I don't know. But how long, yeah, that depends it, how long he can last. It could start the argument, right? Because it, he could that be that dynamic to change the face of the of the uh, league by just what he's able to do. Right, and if he consistently can do that week in and week out, year in and year out, well, you need to make sure you minimize those hits. And you know, here's the thing: if nobody else, you could even say if nobody else during the game had gotten injured. Okay, whatever. You're trying to run the clock out. You've stated the team, the organization, and Harbaugh have stated numerous times this offense is built for and around Lamar Jackson. Okay, so that that's that's obvious. And now when you have some talented, you know, backup running backs, Mark Ingram is your guy. He's the guy you brought in for this role. He already left with a non contact injury. Thankfully for him. It was a calf injury, nothing super long-term, but maybe he'll be back for the playoffs. A lot of times when you see non-contact injury, that's ACL. That's a year. Okay, so you don't even know if you've already lost the key cog in the Lamar Jackson wheel. Not that Lamar can't do it on his own over somebody else, but that's a big hit. Mark Andrews has been one of the breakout stories of this season. He's been phenomenal. A whole other level. He's been the best tight end in football this year, stats-wise. I'm not adding a blocking. I'm just saying numbers-wise and consistency and, and being there time and time again. I mean, I might be wrong here because tight end position is just kind of gross in general. But, <laughs> I mean, there's a few really good ones, and he's stepped up into that upper echelon this year. But Lamar is still the guy, and those two guys have already been injured. You're too biggest offensive weapons besides Lamar Jackson and now with two minutes left with the number one seed already locked up because you're going to win this game you're it's a two possession game and everybody knows Baker Mayfield cannot perform under pressure he's not bringing them back to score two touchdowns and a two-point conversion in two minutes so you do a design run with him what he does that run that was and all of a sudden he goes down and grabs at his knee and you're done you're, you're done. That's it. Like you're you're you're, you're it. Right now, I, I get your point about it looks okay for Ingram. We saw what, and, and again, it was a different time last year. We saw what that offense was without a Mark Ingram type. Yeah. And everyone can say because I heard I heard it um I heard it on Sunday uh, some of the late late um shows on Sunday. Well, Justice Hill is running for this many yards per game and and, oh Gus Edwards he's running for this many yards per uh, attempt 
Okay. What happens when you increase their carries because you no longer have Mark Ingram? So now you don't have a rotation at three. You have a rotation at two. And I put it the same thing with the tight ends. They're great as a threesome. Um, Andrews, Boyle, and Hurst, I think, are the three. Hayden Hurst, yeah. Subtract Mark Andrews, who is by far the the number one of those three. Subtract that one. Now their reps go up. And now they're being more relied on on pass routes. It takes it takes something away from that offense. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews as a trio scare people. Yeah. Robert Griffin the third, Gus Edwards, and Hayden Hurst? No. 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 That's not to slate them as players. It's not to say they don't have their place. They do, and they perform their role well. But when their role calls for them to step up and be the guy and an offense built for Lamar Jackson, RG3 is already proven. The guy, the guy, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even, I don't have any personal issue with this guy whatsoever, but he's proved he's beyond injury prone. He cannot stay on the field, and he's just not, he's a great, he was a good physical freak coming out of college. Right. Didn't didn't translate to the NFL. And, and you could debate whose fault that is. I mean, we could debate. It might have been uh, Mike Shanahan's fault because he was the head coach at the time, and maybe they didn't know how to use him. And maybe, maybe if Harbaugh has RG three right now, maybe he uses him correctly and he doesn't get this injury. You know, maybe you never know. It's right. hard, it's hard to say. I tend to think that Lamar Jackson is a much better, more dynamic athlete and player than RG three was. Yeah, just personal opinion, but. I know if I were a Ravens fan and I see Lamar Jackson running in that situation, I go, what the hell are you thinking? Oh, Get him off of the field. He's the guy. They don't want to go into a playoff game, number one seed or not, no matter where your defense is ranked. doesn't matter if Andrews and Ingram both play. If Jackson doesn't play and it's RG3, good luck. Good luck. And and to your point, we RG's proven to be injury prone. Do you know who number three is? No. Trace McSorley. Rookie, there you go, folks. Rookie from Penn State. Yeah. Who had a down season last year, not as good as the year before, and is not as proficient and does not have the speed and athleticism that even RG3 has right now, much less Lamar yeah. Jackson. And I'm sorry to all those commentators who say, oh, well, they're – Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Oh, yeah, they, they, they're they running just as good as Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was brought in for a reason, and he has an attitude of running. And I, it's it's evident in the team. He has an attitude of run, uh, how to run the ball. You don't have him? I'm sorry. I, I, Whole different offense. There are, there are now teams in the AFC that can go into Baltimore and beat them if you don't have Mark Ingram. Yeah. I mean, I could be the lone wolf on this, but I'm telling you, you don't have Mark Ingram, you're sunk. I think they can win without Ingram. I don't know if they beat a New England with that defense or a Kansas City with that offense. Much less one of the NFC teams? Much less one of the, yeah. I mean, they're a little more, I mean, NFC teams are a little more banged up, but 
I mean, I just don't understand. I can well they didn't risk Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram just got he got hurt just right, doing right, regular right. play. But man, did then then risk Jackson? I don't I just don't know what they have to gain from it. There's, Doesn't make a lot of sense. There is no gain. Um I think uh I think we need to bring up um yet another New Orleans Saint claiming a record. Making a habit out of this. They are. Some would say that um, maybe Sean Payton's kind of pushing it a little bit. But you have to recognize it when it happens. Michael Thomas has now broken the single-season record for receptions. Formerly held by Marvin Harrison, I believe. Uh, 2002. Well, 143. Oh, you actually wrote that on the paper. I didn't even see that. That was just a guess. <laughs> um, so I'll why, ask why, you. Why do you think Payton's pushing it? What do you mean? Two reasons. One, he doesn't have the hardware, i.e. rings, that Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick have. Okay. Or the appearances in the Super Bowl that you could say, I think Tony Dungy's got two. I think he's got two. Um, I think Shanahan's got a... At least one or two, I think. So he doesn't have the the he doesn't have the hardware or the appearances in the Super Bowl that some of the other greats have, and I think he wants to go down in history. And what helps Bill Belichick is that he's got, as a head coach, just as a head coach, he's got nine Super Bowl appearances and six victories, and that can counterbalance the Spygate. Deflategate. What does Sean Payton have? He's got Bounty Gate. And a Super Bowl ring. And a Super Bowl ring. I know. I agree with that. But he's got Bounty Gate. Suspended for a whole year. He wants to counterbalance that with having the all-time touchdown leader. uh, An all-time single-season receptions leader. Trying to get these records so he can have his resume longer to put him up there in the upper echelons. Because honestly, that's all head coaches have is where their players stand in history. Because I don't know, man. I, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I, I see what you're trying to say, but I disagree. I think – I just think these are phenomenal players. Michael Thomas has always had an insane catch percentage. I mean, his numbers as far as passes thrown, two receptions, have always been through the roof. Right. I mean, without Alvin Kamara being Alvin Kamara of the last few years, the Saints have had to throw more, and they don't really have that solid number two. No. It's Michael Thomas, which I think makes it all that much more impressive because Michael Thomas gets the number one coverage from every defense. And he gets double coverage sometimes. And he gets double coverage sometimes and sometimes triple coverage, and he still laughs in your face and proves why he's the best receiver in football. I'm not going to disagree with that. Oh, no, no, I know that's not what you're saying. I get that. I, I don't think there's anything to do with Peyton trying to get – I mean, it could for all I know. Because, you know, they do that correlation where, like, Brady Belichick, Peyton Breeze. Right. Um, I get that. I really just think this is a case of, you know, Michael Thomas just gets open, man. He's just that good. And even if he isn't open, he still catches the ball. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just... Oh, yeah, there was, a, there was a couple of plays this weekend where he literally – they showed replays, and it's just – his ability to mm-hmm. get open on straight 
man coverage, great coverage, but he's just got the ability to make those cuts and get and shake that defender on cut, not not shoving a guy, not extending, but literally just his footwork to get cuts in and out gets him open. And hats off to him too, man, because he went out. You know, a lot of times players get their contract, get their big money contract, and then they disappear because they got their big lump sum guaranteed money no matter what. This guy goes out, gets his contract, gets a huge contract. Yeah. Guy's set for life. Guy's set for 10 lifetimes. Goes out and sets the NFL record for receptions in a single season. And, by the way, he has one full game left to add on to that, a game that matters for them. They have to win to maintain position. <laughs> this guy, I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to break this record for a long time. And he did it with two quarterbacks. Yeah. Very different quarterbacks. Right. Um, Sometimes three if you want to throw Taysom Hill in there. I mean, that's that's the way their offense works. I agree, yeah. You could say three quarterbacks. Um, to, your, to, to your quick point there, you don't think this record is going to be broken for a while? I don't think so, no. So I brought up the point to you earlier. Um, what about Watson Hopkins? I don't think so. Why is that? It's just not the way the offense is structured. Breeze can run, but he wants to pass. And Sean Payton wants to pass. And without, like I said, without Kamara uh, being what he has been the last few seasons, they've had to pass even more. And I just think in Houston... It's just a different style of offense. Number one, as far as passing goes and accuracy goes, as great as Deshaun Watson is, he's not Drew Brees. Right. Drew Brees' accuracy is a whole different level. Deshaun Watson is very good. Deshaun Watson is great. But he's not Drew Brees when it comes to those things. He moves around more. Mm -hmm. He stretches plays more, and he can kind of – he'll also run away – from the play to whereas the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins may not be in front of him anymore. Whereas Drew Brees is going to step in the pocket. He's going to dance around in the pocket. He might run once in a while, but the play is always going to stay in front of him. Deshaun Watson's going to run around a lot. And Hopkins might be 60 yards downfield on the other side of the field. Right. Watson's smart enough to not make that throw unless he's wide open. All those things add up to, I just don't see Hopkins being 140, 150 reception receiver now that he's not talented enough to because i think he's one of the best in the game he might be the best in the game there's three or four guys you could argue have that top spot and it's usually it's like pretty much one a one b one c and one d i just don't think the way they operate on offense with a mobile quarterback that's something that's going to happen i'll pose this to you then because i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out if there is a combo that would work out that could potentially match this. So the one that keeps popping in my head is Stafford Galloway. Galladay. I don't know, man. I, I know the problem with Stafford. I mean, if he stays healthy for a full season, which, I mean, obviously it doesn't matter for the receiver's receptions. That's not yeah. affected by who his quarterback is. Well, it is. But it's not. It's not like if uh, Stafford went out, all of a sudden Galladay's receptions reset or anything. Yeah. As we saw with Thomas getting, you know, passes from multiple quarterbacks. Right. 
Kenny Galladay is a great receiver. I don't think I'm you know, breaking news. But and he's only gonna get better. But again with that offense, I just don't see is he the kind of guy who's gonna get you big yardage because he gets eleven catches for hundred and ten yards and a touchdown? Or is he the guy who's gonna get you a lot of yards because he has three catches for one twenty and a touchdown? That's fair. Like, I think he's more there's guys who are great because they're just can like Michael Thomas can do it all. DeAndre Hopkins can do it all. Galladay to me is a guy who might have a high reception game here and there, but he's mostly going to make most of his his yards on that sixty to seventy yard downfield pass, and then kind of pad it with a few more ten to twelve yard okay. catches. Very talented. I just don't think he touches it. Well, then I'll, I'll put it out to the um, to the audience if if I could. Yeah, of course. Um, why don't you, if you want to, um, message us on Facebook or Twitter or uh, Instagram. Is do you think there's a combo, whether it be a combo that's active um, on the same team, or then don't don't do some fantasy combo. I mean, if there's like a legit possibility for a quarterback to move on to another team or. Vice versa. I'm Brady and Jerry Rice. No, that's not going to happen. But if you think there's a combo that could potentially happen through free agency trades, whatever, um, bring it to the table. Maybe we'll discuss it on next episode or a future episode. Um, I know I'm going to think about it because I think the way the game is going, you're going to see some records, passing records, continue to fall year in and year out. I think... I want to see what Mahomes does next year because I think that would be the next guy that takes down Drew Brees' record. To me, as far as the uh, reception record, there's only one combo, and I don't even think they'll do it. There's one combo I think is similar to Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. Oh, I know what you're going to say. That can do it. And I don't think they will either. And you know who I'm going to say. Who am I going to say? Are you going to say Brady and Edelman? No. Really? Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Now, they've used Julio less this year. Yeah, they did. And they're, So they're, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Right, because they, want, they but want Hooper. They want Look Ridley. at the games when they were just going off on offense. Julio was always massively involved. Right. I don't know why they all of a sudden think they need to get away from that. Like the week after you got added yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, when I set a record for points. Julio went off. Actually, your entire the, team went off. Yeah. The, but, same, uh, yeah. the same week you did it win the championship. Yeah, correct. Um, correct statement. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think there's the talents there to do it. And, again, yeah. it's like a you have a pocket passer in Matt Ryan mm. who is going to keep everything in front of him. And a guy like Julio Jones who can either get open or just out-muscle and outperform people oh, for the ball. That's, that's no question there. I mean, I think if it was going to happen – It'd be a, a, a combo like that, but I don't even think they'll do it, honestly. You would have to subtract one of Ridley or Hooper. Probably, yeah. To possibly, which, by the way, I think Hooper is a free agent at the end of the day. That's why I said I don't, I don't think I don't think it'll happen with them. I, but. I think, just, just thinking about it off the top of my head, I think Brady and Evelyn could do it. The one problem is, is Jules can't play 16 games fully no. healthy. No, he can't. He does get enough catches, 
He does run the routes, but to your point, Michael Thomas is a physical animal. Yes, and he's younger than Edelman is right now. Oh yeah, so, he's younger. So, but if you want to, you want to throw out a quarterback and a receiver, throw it out there. Um, just don't come up with some fantasy, you know, Patrick Mahomes and DeAndre Hopkins because that's that's not going to happen. But maybe someday. Maybe someday. But. Let us know if you uh, think uh, if you agree with me or you agree with Chris on this subject. Yeah, absolutely. Let us let us know uh, why you think Ben's wrong. Well, of course. And uh, even though I'm right. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, I'm, I'm speaking for the audience, not me. I don't know. Um, I just want a quick quick reminder before we uh, close it out. Uh, we got Banker Tank Week 17 coming up. Uh, get yourself ready. Um, as soon as we release. Release our picks for week 17. Get yours in. Get it in quick. Um, I like to see a lot of involvement this week. Uh, and I named the names that are already uh, eligible for the um, the grand prize of uh, sitting in on one of our episodes and actually joining in. Let me emphasize that. You'll join in as well if you want to. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that know listen. But you don't join in. I'd like to see you get an opportunity to, to sit in on one of our casts. So jump in on the fun. Even if you've never done it, you don't know what to do, message me, message Chris. We'll explain what you got to do. I mean, if, if Ben and I can do it, I mean, you, anybody out there listening can do it. I mean, I mean let's I'm, be honest. I'm, I'm trending right now for a nice uh, <clears throat> one in five weeks. So. Yeah, I don't think I'm going two and four. And all of our listeners who participated are doing far better. So yes. that tells you how much we know. Join in. And you never know what might happen. Right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Please let us know what you think about any of today's topics, whether the Cowboys flopping, who you think will claim the sixth seed in the AFC, how dumb the Ravens were this weekend, or how great Michael Thomas is, or anything else you got on your mind at all, please. Football-related, that is. Let's not leave that open-ended. Please let us know what you think, your opinions and thoughts. And Ben, how can you do that? Well, you can go on Facebook and face uh, Ben and Chris talk football. Um, post stuff every day. You can message me, Chris. We'll respond uh, as soon as we can. Uh, you can go on Twitter, uh, Ben Chris Talk FO One, and then also on Instagram, you can go under Ben underscore Chris Talk Football and see all the posts that we put up. Uh, join in the fun, and as soon as uh, Banker Tank goes up, get your picks in, man. All right, we wish everybody out there a very, very Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday, whatever you celebrate. Have a good one. Please be safe. Please be careful. We will see you guys right back here Friday morning. Happy Holidays, everyone.